Because the truth is, all of us need some of us to make it through this journey at EPWY. So throw them AirPods in, or your Apple headphones with the mic in your ears, get your notebook out, and get ready for your extra course. Black Girl at PWI is starting now, and class is officially in session. All right, beautiful people, what is up, what is up? It's your girl, D. Brianna Simone, Breezy, two E's, one Z, one Y. Whatever you want to call me, um, just don't call me on my name. And we're back. So we took a week off. We took an episode off. We did not speak last week. Um, but this week, I told you I had something a little special for y'all. So a lot of times, you know, it's like Black Rider PWI, Black Rider PWI. But as I referred to in earlier episodes, Black UMW is a thing. And so Black UMW is made up of, obviously, Black girls, but also Black men at a PWI. So I have some of my greatest friends, some of the most amazing Black men that have ever walked on this earth here with me today and we are going to kick it with all three of them if you want to see what their faces look like you're gonna have to come over to the black girl pwi instagram to actually get the full view um but today i'm here with cam i'm here with will or will will mo you know if y'all do y'all's research in the one and only tyshawn so you're gonna hear all their beautiful voices and you're gonna be able to understand who was speaking because you know we have that that piece of video footage for you all um but it's gonna be a dope time um so we're just gonna get straight into it okay okay so introduce yourselves tell us who we're talking to so they can start recognizing your voice guys all right so my name is cam i am currently a junior senior by credit uh at here at umw and I'm also the president of Brothers of a New Direction, co-president of Brothers of a New Direction, and I just free win the plays, free win the plays. Yes, Lord. Um, my name is Wilmo, so I'm a senior, um, co-president of For the Culture, a newly created club for uh, black creators and just really a safe space for healthy conversation. You know, I'm glad I'm here. I'm Tashawn, uh, senior, music major, uh, Vice President of the club football team. You ain't say nothing about that. Wow. Um, I don't know. Producer. You said about the... Mm, okay. Um, I don't know what else to say. That's it, though, ain't it? For real? Just a little short introduction. That's it. That All works. Right. All right. So um, I'm going to break the fourth wall, the fifth wall for the folks who are listening, um, because hopefully your usuals, but if you're not, you're solely here to listen to the black men that, um, you know, just spoke. I'm going to say to the black men here, you know, don't... This mic doesn't exist, right? You're speaking to people and they want to hear what black men at a PWI go through, um, why y'all here and all that. So we're just gonna kick it. We're just gonna kick it. The folks who are listening, all of us are kicking it. Say hello to your new family because they are a part of the black girl PWI community, even though they are in fact not black girls. They are in fact black men. Um, so let's get into it. Shall we? Shall, shall we get into it? Um, there's a question that a lot of folks ask when it comes to PWIs. And that question is the basic one for black students. And that's why a PWI. But I want to know about it from the black man's experience. Like, why did y'all choose UMW? Sure. But why did y'all choose a PWI? Was that your first choice? And if it wasn't, what does that look like? You know? So um, I didn't necessarily even know this was a PWI. Um, when I was choosing my colleges, this was not first on my list. Actually, it was uh, George Mason that was first. But the only reason I decided to come here was due to uh, financial aid, and they gave me the most money. Um, 
so yeah, once I got here, I, I still didn't even know it was a PWI because we came through the uh, STP uh, program and it's the student transition program, which allows students to like transi- transition over into college. And there we had majority POC. And so I thought, okay, it's going to be a nice little balance. Like I'm going to get to know my people and stuff like that. But then by the time the actual semester started, totally different ball game. That's when I realized, oh, I'm at a PWI. So for me, I didn't really take into account that it was a PWI at first. I just kind of went with it because I went to a PWI as far as a high school. And just for, because it's Virginia, I just expected it to some degree. Um, this wasn't really this was my first choice is due to proximity. And once again, financial aid and also because of um, early arrival programs and whatnot, like STP and early arrival dinners and destination day and whatnot. But. I almost went to v, um, Virginia State as well, but I went here because of proximity. So yeah. Wait, so Will, you also, I remember doing a project and I interviewed you on exactly this, right? Yeah. You also talked about like considering an HBCU and considering transferring and all of that, especially <clears throat> for that black experience. So can you speak like more to that? Yeah. Yeah, so... um. When I was in high school, I know, like, my uncles and stuff, they were just like, oh, you should go to an uh, HBCU, you know, become a part of a fraternity. And they always told me how beautiful it was and stuff like that. But, you know, when we were in uh, high school, there was somebody, I forget who it was, what teacher it was. But they were really kind of, like, talking down on that because it was like, oh, it's the diversity aspect you're going to be missing out on and stuff like that. So that thought kind of really just left my mind. And, you know, now that I'm here and I'm craving that uh, black presence, uh, getting to know our culture even more, it's it's really hard for me. I ain't going to lie to you. It's hard. Yeah. What about you, Tashan? About why I came here? Yeah, why, um, why you came or why, like, a PWI? So... Like um, Will and Cam said, I didn't know it was a, a, a PWI first. Well, I knew, like my advisor told me, since I'm in a rapid handed scholars program, they came to, uh, to our high school like every other week, whatever, every month. Um, and I knew, but I was like, they also give me money. So I'm like, yeah. it's not like a full ride or nothing, but it's like, you know, I missed out like, by like 0.07 wow. GPA, yeah. But it was like, um, I might as well come here, and I was, like, like Cam said, I was used to being in an all-white, like, not all-white, but, like, mostly white high school, so it was, like, it really isn't all that different to me, well, that's what I was thinking, and then until I got the SCP, and I got spoiled by all the colored people around me, and then I got back here, and it was, like, it's not the same thing, so, yeah. Yeah, and for the listeners, um, STP at UMW is a summer transition program, right, and so, at least in years past, for the class of 2018 and maybe for the incoming class of 2019, yeah. SCP looked like a whole bunch of black folks. And if not a whole bunch of black folks, enough black folks and then people of color where mm-hmm. um, white folks in, in many uh, capacities were a minority to the bigger predominantly white institution, which we refer to as PWI. So like in knowing that, what was that switch like for you all? Like to go from a predom- you know, to go from STP, a predominantly non-white environment, to then being like, oh wow, we are very much the minority. Like, what was that like? Well, I was kind of prepped for it just because um, the coordinators of STP pretty much told me, you know, hey, as soon as you get out, it's a whole different world out here. But um, 
Yeah. <laughs> but I also just kind of expected it once again because um, that's how it is. Like, UMW being a PWI is kind of what's kind of also enforced in, like, Destination Day and, um, like, just anything that I've been in before STP. So, once again, I just kind of, like, expected it. But just the sheer amount of it still kind of, um, you know, it was still, like, it, it just yeah. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie to you. It scared me. It scared me because when you're in STP, like, like you said, all we're around is POC, mostly black people. So, you know, go to the gym, I'm balling with, like, Deshaun, Rayshawn, and them, and it was just like, okay, cool, I'm around my people a whole lot. Then when we got here the first day, when I literally, it was like the first day of classes, I looked down campus walk, and I didn't spot the first black person. Like, I was just like, looking, I was like, whoa, 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 where's my people? Where's my people? Where's somebody else, a person of color at least? And I didn't see anyone, and that's when I realized where I'm at. And I was like, man. Um, so for me, uh, I was kind of prepared for it as well, cause I was like, I just went into the mindset like when I when I went home, I was like, Tashawn, it's not gonna be the same thing when you go back. Just be ready for that. So when I got into like the classroom and stuff, it was like it was just like high school. I was like one black person out of like the other fifteen white people in there. So, um, but yeah, essentially it was the same thing like uh like kind of like high school was for me, and I was used to taking like college classes and stuff in high school. So it was like it wasn't like a immersion uh, problem or anything like that. It was just like this is normal to me, you know, that type of thing. So, like, with it being normal or kind of like or a normality to a degree um, and being in a sea of whiteness, if you will, like, do y'all feel like that impacted you all's identity? Like, that it impacted your blackness or um, it impacted, like, especially, like, you being a black man, right? Because, yeah, you know, you're the minority in terms of being black, but... There's a power structure and struggle between black men and white men, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, in that space, how do you, how do you know who you are, right? Like, what, what was that like and what has that been like? It actually probably did the reverse of what people think it would have did to me. It made me want to chase being black <clears throat> even more. Like, I was just like, since I'm not around the people I thought I was going to be around, I was like, I need to figure out how I can be more of it to represent us to like I remember back then I was buying all them different colored do rags and stuff like that like I gotta show them our culture like we need this we we need to be represented because it's not here it's not here at all and so uh yeah I also had very good team not even team brothers around me to like help support that idea and we all were just like okay we're gonna still be us we're not gonna let this influence us like we're still black men we're gonna still be loud everywhere we go but also within that loudness you're gonna tell that we're very powerful and stuff like that we're the lions around here (laughs) it actually didn't really um impact me at all because i was already taught that uh, to have just pride in my blackness by especially my uncle, but also just uh, many other like figures in my life and just the knowledge that I've been gaining from experiences such as that. So um, I would say it didn't really impact me like majorly, but it's but it did definitely um, make me strive to be to be with all of us more. 
especially being introduced to you at multicultural fest. Wow. Yes. Breezy, no, no cap. You were that. You were like the Mount Rushmore. Like you were, you were. It was just one head though. It was just breezy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no cap. I remember the first day I met you actually. <laughs> we were um. What movie was? It? I don't remember what movie it was. But it was in the uh, in Monroe, whatever, and they were showing one of the movies for uh, I think it was Black History Month. And I was sitting in the front room. Um, everybody went home, so I was sitting there by myself. And I saw somebody point at me. I was like, "Who was pointing at me?" Because back then I was, you know, what I'm saying, "Oh, oh hey, look, <laughs> he was on look on my on my currently on my walk with Christ." You know, what I'm saying, I'm I'm more calm now, right? But <laughs> nah. freshman year, no, nah, no, 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 I am. You you can't even like I am because freshman year I was on go at all times. You was. So I saw somebody point. Me, I was like, "Who is pointing at me?" Right. Gosh. So I look, and she said, "What's your name?" I said, "Huh." I said, well, what's your name? I said, Tashawn. She said, oh, okay. You can come to the James Farm Multicultural Center? So, uh, I guess. I never came, but, you know, I was just trying to get the conversation. <laughs> so, it was like, um, uh, who is this person? Like, I thought you were a senior, so I was like, well, I probably won't see you again because she's a senior whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was just like, you know what I mean? I was just this freshman, Sean, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, we were talking, we were talking about, uh, how being how it affected your blackness, whatever. It made me embrace it a lot more. Well, it was like my parents are always taught me that it's something you should always embrace or whatever. But coming from like from like the northern neck and all that, where it's like predominantly white and Republican and all that, it's like um, it's talked down upon, and you get caught up in that because that's what you grow up in. So it's like when I got to college and I started hanging around all the black people from different places, like from the. Uh, you know what I'm saying, the 757 and stuff, just connecting with all those people from different um, families and stuff, but we had, like, the same skin color, and they were all cool with each other. It made me want to embrace it even more. So it's something like that. Mm-hmm. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. It does. I don't appreciate, you know, the, the breezy shout-out. I don't, you know, it's not, it's not about me today, you all. It's about you all. But see... We can't talk about us because wow. you influenced us. Oh, yeah, like so, that means you are technically a part of us and our experience here. Sure. So, okay, okay, so so that brings me <laughs> to a perfect point because I know for me as a black woman, now I, I've talked about this right before. It was low key hard. Like black women, I, you know, people make the argument that we're raised a little differently, and so my growing up looked looked a little different i came in high school i was arguing with teachers off the bat middle school arguing with teachers about white supremacy right before it was cool i was sitting down during the play so i came in a radical and i was like i don't plan to stay at this this pwi i plan to go to vcu another pwi um i was like i don't plan to be here but if i'm i'm gonna be here i'm gonna make it worthwhile and i said when in an interview one time, right, when I was talking to um, Mandy, right, and for the listeners, Mandy is also part of Black UMW. Shout out to Mandy. Um, and I was talking to her about diversity and inclusion. And I was like, yo, as a freshman, I didn't do STP. So when we were in Dodd and I saw, I looked behind me and I see all these loud black people. And I'm like, how did they find their people so fast? <laughs> Like, I was like, yo, they because Darius had got up on the stage yo. and he was dancing. I was like, they're going crazy. And for me, I was like, they found their people. And I was like, I'm still looking like, you know, because all skin folk and kin folk. And I was like, you know, I don't want to squeeze in. And I'm not going to lie. My first 
first year at UMW and a little into my sophomore year, I was kind of like, you know, nah, forget them. Like, they, they got their people. They too good to find other black folks. Like, forget. They don't come to no events. They clicked up. Like, that's fine. That's a perfectly fine. I was like, where? So, so it felt like a divide where it was like, the SCP folks stay with the SCP folks. And if you ain't SCP, find your way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it got to a point when I was involved with, with uh, you know, the JFMC, which is the James Harmon Multicultural Center. And I was involved, you know, with that and, you know, got involved with NAACP. It was like, okay, cool. Now I'm meeting black folks, you know, uh, who are juniors and seniors. But it was always black women leading. And so as I kept leading, I was like, dang, like, it would be good to see, like, more black men. And so I would make it an effort to be like, what's your name? Oh, okay. I do that to all black people. Like, what? Oh, okay. Because what are you going to do? Fight me for caring about you? Like, what? <laughs> Apparently, Tyshawn was, you no, know what I'm saying? Which is, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. I wasn't going to uh-huh, do that. Uh-huh. But he was going to give me the cold shoulder for sure. Right? <laughs> but it's like, at, at every effort, I was like, I want to know you to the point where if you're going through something, even if we don't talk, you can stop my DMs and be like, yo, Breezy, this happened or whatever. Like, I may not have to know you personally, but just know I'm coming to bat for you because at a PWI, it just hits different being by yourself. And it hits different even if you have a friend group, you go into that classroom, you're by yourself. You can't take every class with your friend group. You know what I'm saying? And so as a black woman, I came into the space knowing, okay, I'm, I'm by myself. So I've always been by myself as a black woman. I tough it out. I don't need other black women in the class. But as I started thinking, you know, more into my junior year and my senior year, I was like, I was being so hard on black men. Like, y'all don't show up. Y'all don't do leadership. Y'all don't get involved. And it's like, first of all, it's not that many of y'all on this campus. That's number one. But then number two, I noticed some of y'all, you know, might have kind of like wrestling with your identity, right? Like, and being a black man. And then number three, I know how much y'all go through that nobody talks about. And so imagine being a black man and you know your masculinity is important and who you are and all of that and you're coming into classrooms with white folks and being belittled right like imagine what that is like and i guess that kind of influenced you know this podcast but just having more grace for you all for not being involved right because it's like yo it takes vulnerability to be involved and to be like yo i'm really not doing well right i you know if i'm a black man and i don't have friends i'm a black woman and i don't have friends like what is that like for me? Because I've noticed with black women, black women might be able to get away with being like, oh yeah, I'm a black woman, I'm by myself. And some black women might be able to get away with, you know, being in um, a friend group that's non-white or being in a friend group that's, you know, white, right? Sports team, stuff like that. But black men who don't play sports, right? Who aren't on the basketball team, and that's important. Um, when it as it relates, it sometimes doesn't seem like y'all have that much flexibility to be and it's either y'all are with each other or y'all are alone. You know what I'm saying? So can can y'all speak to that? Like, am I tripping or is that an actual like black black man experience at PWIs? I mean, I would say I would say so to to a degree because I'm I kind of process through both. Um, Especially when the pandemic kicked off, um, like, because I was home um, for, like, my entire sophomore year, like, just taking classes online. So, I mean, I'm an introvert anyway, so I just mind my business. But, I mean, I mean, even introverts have to, like, get, have to, like, 
be with people and so um i, I kind of just learned it the hard way type deal but but yeah i would say it's like a it's like a real thing that happens i am genuinely blessed to be that had come here with the friend group that i had i mean sean q and tyler we were close like off rip when we got here um so i didn't really feel too alone but like you said, there is a, was a whole lot of moments when I did feel alone, especially in the classroom settings and stuff like that, when literally you're the only black male in there. And, like, there's not even maybe there's not even a black female in there. And, you know, I'm the type of person where I, the black females, they're like the queens. They're like, oh, strong. I get a little bit of strength when I'm around them. So I'm like, oh, Oh, there's it's not even a black female around here. I don't even know how to operate for real. And I definitely see it like if you ain't a part of that basketball team. Come on. Yeah, if you ain't a part of the basketball team, which is we all know. We all know. Yeah. You're really if you don't have the uh, friend group or something that's strong and like wanting to help you grow and stuff like that, you're really just alone for a black male. And it's sad. And I, I'm the type of person where I would love to bring them in. But at the same time, I know how it could be this, like, oh, you already got a big friend group. Am I just going to be that outcast, you know, and stuff like that? That's a good point, Will. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I definitely think there is because um, I, I recognize that uh, freshman year that I was already trying to combat, combat that theory. Well, not combat it, but, like, I knew I had to do something about it. Well, you know, I thought I had to do something about it because um, most of my friends were in the same class classrooms as me. So I was like, well, I'm not going to sit here and feel all lonely and all this, you know. So I like if I was like a white person sitting beside me, like, hey, what's up? What's up? You know what I'm saying? Talk to him, conversate, whatever. But I never really thought about it until you just said it, because um, like I said, I, I was already going through that process of I'm not going to be lonely. And I don't want to feel that way. And I know, even though, like, it might, I might be the only, like, black person in the classroom or whatever, I can just leave. Now, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> I can leave. Or when I leave out the class, like, when the class is over, I can just go hang out with my friends, go to the UC or something like that. So, so what I'm hearing is, for the listeners, it's important to know that Tyshawn and Will are the group, right? You know what I'm saying? So they, they came in with their, their little group or whatever. Because y'all are from the same place. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all didn't say that to the listeners and so they don't know. Um, listeners, they're from the same place, right? So, Will, can you speak to that, right? Because you said a lot of your friends, it's four of y'all that know each other, right? From back home, yeah. From back home, right? So, so did UMW being a PWI... And being black men have anything to do with like all of y'all deciding to come here, or was it like everybody had financial aid and so we gon' we gonna come here? I'ma be completely honest. The only two I knew that was going here was Tyler and Sean. Now Q, when I pulled up for STP, I saw him in a corner posted and I was like, What the I was like, Oh, you here too? But nah, this really cause we were all just about to go our separate ways for real. Cause like I said, I wanted to go to George Mason. Uh you was going to come here anyway, wasn't you? Tyler, I think well, I think it was gonna be just me and Tyler if we did go to George Mason. Cause at that time we wanted to design video games and stuff. But yeah, all of us was basically gonna be separated, which was a we were definitely sad about that senior year thinking about that. But I mean, it was just in God's destiny, like that we were all together still. Yeah. And um, to add, to add to that, 
uh, me, Tyler, and Q all on the right hand scholars program, anyways. So it was like when I saw Q here, like, I didn't know where he was going, but I was like, I expect him to be here anyways. Cause I was like, where else you gonna go, Q? He didn't talk about no other college. So I was like, where else you gonna go? And um, Tyler told me like, you know, it's kind of like last minute that they were offering uh, George Mason wasn't offering a lot of money, so he's coming here. So I was like, well, I was already prepared to be the only person going here, so. Um, them coming is really added to like the experience, especially during SCP. You know, see we had the in Virginia Hall. You know, see we had nothing handed back to Mike, and nothing handed back to Mike. Yeah. So for Virginia was the the lit hall. Is that what I'm hearing? For SCP. For SCP. You know. The, the floor that we were on, mm-hmm. that was a lit floor. They, they had us separated by males and females. Yeah. I know for our floor, for our floor, it wasn't a single dull moment. You was always lit. You was always lit. Now, now, when we doing some things we were, like, we're supposed to be doing, we never did no illegal stuff and nothing like that. But it was just, oh, you had a certain time you were supposed to be in bed. They came around and checked. Now, they only checked once. So that means after we hear their door closed, that that means they about to go to sleep. They were checking at like 1 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after 1 a.m., all you hear is, <clears throat> all the doors open, everybody going back to what they were doing. I'm sick. But it was, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful at the same time because we that's how we truly yeah. connected. Us breaking those rules is how we connected. And when we got here, it felt so comfortable. It was like, okay, cool. Like, we know you ain't gonna say no. You gonna we gonna ride for each other, but regardless if we're close, close like, like say like Darius and them. We don't talk to Darius every day, but when we do get in his presence, it's a good time. Like we know how to enjoy each other's yeah. presence. We didn't lose. We didn't really lose a step with him. Go ahead. No, I, I was just I was gonna say that's exactly how it is with um with our STP or 2019. Like, um, we're not around each other like every day or at all but when we do get around each other it's always like you said it's never a dull moment at all so what is that like in you all's opinion um what do you think that's like for black men who don't come in with the friend group and who don't come into a summer transition program um or come in you know via rappahannock scholars like what do y'all think that's like for them, right? Especially in these predominantly white spaces, right? At predominantly white institutions, like, do you feel like these environments are safe and cultivated correctly, not just for black women, but for black men? Can I be completely honest right now? And it's a sad truth. The black men that came in with us are freshman uh, year, uh, if you, they weren't in SDP, we don't see them anymore. They dropped out or they transferred. And it's sad because literally the only black men I know in our year was in STP. Yeah. And I was going to say that earlier, too. When I said I lost my train of thought, that's what I was trying to say. Um, because even if they were in STP, it was um, it said uh, that, that after uh, fall semester drop-off where you got, like, you got so many people that came in with you, like, y'all, y'all are friends, then you come back and it's like, 25% of them, yeah. So that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. But yeah, it it didn't happen as much with with ours, but um there there were like a few folks where it was just like we went like 3 years without seeing them and come to find out they're gone. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like they're gone to Germana or they just like it's dropped sad. out entire yeah. It's sad saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because 
I'm the same way, right? When we talk about like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Breezy, like you're the one who, da, 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 you know, like it's a vibe. It is being able to, and I think that's why I'm so invested because I, I get to watch folks that I touched in freshman year just been like, oh, hey, what's your name? And I might have pitched you off in freshman year, but now senior year, it's like, hey, Breezy, like you come to about you know? But at least now looking back, especially as a black woman who does work at this university and puts in time and energy, it's so painful to like look back at your class and be like, dang, I forgot they went here, right? Or like to look back at your videos from freshman year, you're like, dang, this person don't go here no more. Or I'm asking y'all's friend group like, yo, what happened to so-and-so? The one who was, you know, like, and it's hurtful to think that aside from money and all of that, you left because you weren't seen. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, yeah. and especially, I'm not gonna lie, like especially for black men, because yeah, y'all aren't, there's not a lot of y'all here. But I I feel like this, UMW specifically, could be a place in which y'all can be fully seen here. And it can be a, a lot of y'all. You know, like the same ratio of black women, uh, you know, for black men. And I see so often it's like black women at least, you know, okay, we typically were we typically lead in spaces like this, at least at UMW. And so, okay, we're a part of NAACP. We are leading in the presidents of women of color. We are leading in the presidents of um, BSA. We, you know, do you get what I'm saying? But then when we look out, it's like the same way, at least for me, black women might give y'all, you know, black men, like these superpowers, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in good company. It's the same way for black women. And so like when we're fighting and we're showing up, it's like, dang, where are the black men? You know what I'm saying? And I know bonds, right? Kim, what you do and what you're creating now, you know, that's beautiful. But knowing that, okay, if you leave, Will, or Kim, if you, you know, when you leave, that it could potentially dissolve, right? Or somebody doesn't pick up the baton. And now there are black men and and black creatives and black folks who go back to being unseen. That's scary. Like, it's really scary to me because black men especially... And I'm, I keep saying it because when it comes to y'all's mental health, <laughs> when we look at the statistics, the suicide rates of black men in our community, um, just the depression rates of black men in our community, um, not having people to talk to, not having safe spaces, that is, is concerning, right? And it's heartbreaking. And so to be in an environment in which you may not know that a black man is going through something but you might be able to feel it or feel his distance or whatever, like that's hard to receive and to just observe on my end. But for you all, like, I can't imagine what it's like to kind of live in that, you know? And so that's why I asked about like, what is it like being a black man at a, at a predominantly white institution? Cause a lot of folks wonder, a lot of people hear about black black women, right? Or black girls and you know, uh, the black girl PWY obviously works to explain this a little bit more through my experiences and the experiences of of other black folks at PWIs, but y'all at predominantly white institutions such as UMW or schools, but in the workplace, like that's, that's scary, you know? And, And so how do you all prioritize your mental health and, and have you always prioritized your mental health in these white spaces? Like, if it's not too vulnerable, I want to know, and I, I want the listeners to know how being a black man in these predominantly white spaces has affected you all's mental health in any capacity, if it has, right? I don't want to give you all experience that you may not have experienced. 
Um, so, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, when I'm in said spaces, I just kind of autopilot. <laughs> like, I don't really feel as thrilled or as, um, what's the word, or as, like, driven to participate really as I am with uh, when I'm with um when I'm in a room where the majority of everybody there is black and so um as far as prioritization and mental health I would say I've not been doing that so um especially during COVID like like I said I like unhealthily closed myself off to people especially with me being at home it was worse but um I feel like even now it's just like sometimes I'll just walk off <laughs> and just be to myself. And it can be at random times, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't, man, it's one of these things where I know it's there. Now I prioritize mental health a whole lot. But like thinking about like at the beginning, there was a time where I felt like I had to be aggressive here. It's like, especially because, yeah, like when you're in a classroom and you're the only black person in that classroom, you feel like you need to be aggressive because the stares you get and stuff like that. And the reason I knew I had to be is because I remember it was freshman year, first semester, and I had wore a do-rag in the elevator. This dude came on there and he was just like, what's that thing on your head? And he looked at me so disgusted. And I was like, well, what you mean? Like, what is this? It's for my waves. Like, you not don't know what this is, and that's I, that's when I started to become a little bit more aggressive, and I felt like I had to walk around with this mean face. Like, you know, don't y'all get any ideas? Like, don't mess with me or nothing like that. And the only time I felt like I could really smile and goof off is when I'm around a bunch of other black people. But like by yourself, I mean, if you. When you look in the moment, it's hard to think about it. But then when you look back at it, it's like, oh, I was doing that. Like, it was tearing me a little bit. For me, um, it, it helped me strengthen, like, uh, my my mental, like, mental endurance and stuff and made me want to prioritize more because since I'm always, like, just an active thinker, um, I think I take all the situations I go through and I, I go through them and I'm like, I don't, how can I not, how can I like not allow this to affect me negatively? And so usually when I like, I go back to my room just thinking about it, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this this time, I'm gonna do this this time. Because truthfully, like even with the, um, some of the black people on campus, they treat you like you, you the Grinch or something. Like you, mm-hmm. like you be on the elevator and they like, as soon as they, uh, the door open, they run or like they give you weird looks on the elevator. I'm like, I thought you were one of us, but you said like, like you said, skin folk and kin folk. So it's like, um, especially after COVID, I really started to like, okay, if I need to take a break here or if I don't want to go to this, this event or whatever, I'm just not going to go because that's going to be better for me in the long run. Yeah. Do y'all feel, and well, both the, all of y'all kind of spoke to it, but do y'all feel in our community, right? Because this is an in-house conversation. This this ain't for nobody who, who on the outside and try to get intel, right? We ain't opening y'all up just to be shot at. But- when in our community, right, black community, um, you know, the black community at UMW or just, you know, the community in general, predominantly white spaces. Um, do you all feel like required to perform right to a degree, like to perform your blackness or to 
to show up even when you don't have the capacity to do that. So as a black woman, I talk a lot about that, right? Everybody's looking, where's Breezy? Where's Breezy? As if no other black person on this campus, no other black woman exists, right? And so it, it may not, it might be all individually, but a lot of times, you know, I've heard even black men on this campus who are, you know, uh, not students, but work for the campus, right? Be like, we're all the black men. We're all the black, you know, we're all the black men, like trying to call y'all to action. And so what is that like? Like, do y'all feel, how does that make y'all feel? If it makes y'all feel any type of way. I guess it was like, I do kind of feel like a pressure from it because it's like, well, we're at this PWI and I'm a black person. So why would I not show up for my people? But it's like, like just thinking smaller i'm just trying to set an example for like my friends like they like you never know like what extra push they might need so like um going to this like this sporting event even though i don't want to or like going to a class when i don't want to if maybe my friends see that you know what i'm saying i'll push them to go and do better you know what i'm saying because we gotta make it out here because you know what i'm saying it's just harder out, out here for us colored people so it's like just trying to push us there just instead of thinking like you know um like I, don't know, I guess campus wide, like feeling pressure from them. It's just more so pressure I put on myself to perform for my my peers, so not my peers, my friends that I live with and stuff. And I've been feeling the same way because um, there'll be times where I'll feel bad if I have to miss an event because um, like I couldn't be there in my full capacity or I just couldn't be there for other reasons. Um, and th this is like a more low key example, but I felt that way about Halloweens. <laughs> yeah. I still to this day <laughs> really regret not going to Halloweens because I had something to do that weekend, and I always hear about how uh, great of great of an event it is and whatnot. But um, on other when it comes to like other more I guess centralized events, um, I just it's like I I'm always obligated to go there, and then. I never know when to like take a step back to um, deal with my direct issues because obviously you hear we hear the praise a lot. We're students first, and we're and like I said, I just like never know when to just take that step back and had to learn the hard way. Yeah. So I do know when to take a step back, but I'm not gonna lie. Like when I don't show up for the like events and stuff like that. I do have this uneasy feeling inside, like maybe this, the black community on campus will look at me like, oh, he don't, he's one of those black people. He ain't really for us and stuff like that. Well, I'm very much so am, but it's just like I haven't yet got comfortable with the whole campus. Like I when it's a huge, huge event, I'm the type of person where I'm always looking over my shoulders for people. I'm like, I want to look out for the snake in the grass and like. I don't know. I feel like I'm always uneasy, but at the same time, it's like if I don't go to the event, then like say if it's like uh, faculty or something, next time you'll see me, they'll be like, "Oh no, nah, they ain't really for us." When internally, I am like, I love our black community. I want to see the growth and the advanced ah, advancement of us, but it's just I have now. I feel like I'm more comfortable. But back then, I did not feel comfortable at all. Like, not at all. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I don't. I, I ain't gonna cry. You know what I'm saying? In, in front of y'all, because I'm I'm looking at y'all. But it makes it literally makes perfect sense, right? Because I was I was that type. And my, when Maya was on, we talked about that. We were like, you know, one thing I learned was I can't love if I hate you. And the only. Re 
I'm not mad that you don't show up, right? I think I am. But deep down, what I'm really mad at is the fact that you feel like you can't show up, right? That's what I'm mad at. So the whole time, you know, during my freshman, sophomore year, it was like, dang, black men don't show up. Where the black men at? Black men, they ain't for us. They got comfortable with all these white women love them. You know, you know, just go. And some of them, yeah. Some of them, yeah. But others, right? Like, y'all, it was like, no, sis. I just, I ain't comfortable enough to show up like you show up, right? Really like, I'm scared. <laughs> exactly exactly you know and so i think about especially and we kind of talked about this will when you and i talked like separately um you know in the moments where it is majority blackness we savor them joints like so um for the folks listening you know i talked about step show in february that ended up not happening and i remember will when you and i talked right we was like oh step show 2020 seeing all the black folks half of them did not go to umw but seeing all them black folks and seeing black, you know what I'm saying, D non organizations and seeing black folks swag surf and actually be on beat and it double clap. Hello? It was in there. I felt so good. Exactly. I felt so good. Exactly. And knowing knowing that folks are having that experience, an experience greater than that on the daily or every weekend. And they don't have to fabricate it. They don't have to fake it. Nothing like that. You know, and, and sure, uh, there are inner complexities at every institution, you know, HBCUs and PWs alike. But that experience, to, to feel good like that, like at, at predominantly white institutions, sometimes I feel like we got to pick and choose. Oh, you got to wait until Black History Month, right? And so that's why Halloween um, was so important because it was like 20, when did we start that? 2019, October 2019. You know, black women got together and was like, look, when we go to the parties, when we try to go out on Halloween, we get told um, who you know here. We go to the lacrosse house, the soccer boys house, the basketball team's house. Huh? The rugby house? Huh. The first thing is, oh, who you know here? Right? Baseball team? And it's like, oh, I ain't know nobody, but all these white girls just walked in, and they, they told me they don't know nobody either, right? You know? I got I go in the same type of clothes. What is it? Dress issue? Is it a black girl issue? You don't want a whole bunch of black girls in here ghettoing it up, right? Or dancing and stuff like that. And so it was like... <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Shout out Darius for this. Them people party to death. We party to have fun. So how are we bringing the issue to your party? Exactly. It's literally like Playboy Cardi. They dial it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? So like you're having issues like that where it's like, um, no, we don't we don't want y'all in here. Okay, right? And so you keep going through that. And Halloween, all the white folks, they be out for Halloween. You know what I'm saying? They be bunnies and Playboy bunnies. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they be dressing up as cops and, and sexy maids and stuff like Everybody just goes out for whatever reason. And they're throwing parties. And to constantly go to, to parties. You, you know, they be trying. They be sexing it up. Get out. I thought they were just maids. I... Right, but you get to the parties and it's like, no, you you can't come in. We're waving all these people. You can't come in. And and so we got together and we was like, bet. Wait, what? That just happened to oh, us week, yeah. not too long ago. When? We went to this house to go to the party and we saw these people going in. And then by the time we got up to the door, oh, because I went up to the door first. And um, the, this girl came out and was like, hey guys, I'm sorry, but... 
Um, it's my birthday, and there's already like a lot of people here and stuff like that, blah, blah. When we just saw a slew of people walk in before us, but it was an issue when we tried to go in. Yeah. And literally, I told him when we were, I was there, I was like, look, do you just not want us here? Is that it? And do you just not want us here? And she was just like, yes, look, okay, yes, I just don't want y'all here. And then that's when we left. And I was just like, oh, all right, whatever. Because she was trying to BS us. Yeah. She was just like, oh, it's my birthday. And that's what I told her. I was like, if it's your birthday, why are you out here? Mm. And I would be like, don't BS us. If you don't want us, you just tell us straight up. <laughs> I don't. It was my skin, but that's the type of stuff I be talking about. And I'm not going to lie. Like, at one point in time, I thought it was just like, oh, a black girl thing. Like, y'all have fetishes, but then at the same time, y'all don't want us at the parties. And then if we're there, it's like, oh, dance. <laughs> dance, girl. It's like, what? what right but for y'all it's like oh no like we the white men can be in here and they can be in here tearing up stuff flipping over to drinking and all that but black men can't come in and play their music why are you so scared well they fed us up they fed it y'all know the word they fetishize us that's the part that makes me mad too literally we are uh walking Rice, what is it? Rice pudding? With raisins. And they love the raisins, but they don't like to see where it came from. They just like it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as they you take that raisin out from the rice, oh, they get scared. That one little piece of rice that's on that raisin gets scared and wants to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's like here. Exactly. Exactly. I've never heard that analogy before. Me either, but I like it. Yeah. I really like that analogy because it's the epitome of life at UMW, but I... I think it's life for everyone at PWRs, and that's where Halloween, holla, H-O-L-L-A-W-E-E-N came from. Black girls got together who led ASU, African Student Union, Women of Color, um, in NAACP, because at the time I was pre- uh, vice president. I was like, let's do our own party. Let's use the underground because no black students have a house on campus to be able to, because black wealth and all of that, so none of us have a black house on campus. Let's just do, do it in the underground. Let's do it from this time to this time. Let's charge because we, we need our clubs funded. And let's turn up with our music. And I kid you not, and I, I put this in the paper, right? Black UMW doing that, the black folks at UMW coming together and doing that in 2019, it put out the black folks that you never see. It put out black folks on the basketball team. It put out black folks on the baseball team. It put out black folks who don't even, you know what I'm saying, come to club meetings, right? And then it pulled out, you know, this is another conversation, African students who came out when there's, you know, kind of that divide between African students and African-American students, right? Um, or or black folks born and raised in Africa and black folks born and raised in America. And so it was so dope to see that. But most importantly, notice, you had white folks, especially this past year, come, and, and make sure, oh, I'm not missing Halloween, right? So it's like, that's crazy that we throw parties. And it, in order for us to throw, in order for this environment to be inclusive, we have to throw the party. When it comes to y'all, y'all get to gatekeeping. No, we don't want you in the house. First of all, all y'all drunk, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Y'all or, sit, right. Or, or you know. exactly. Yeah. And y'all playing some old music. Playing Sweet Caroline, no hands sparingly, and Usher, yeah. Like, y'all's parties ain't doing nothing. Okay, side note for the, the folks who are listening. There was one time, right? Ah, it was it was January 31st, February 1st. So the clock was turning. 
And I remember this was 2019, so right before the pandemic, right before it, this was an exhilarating time for Black UMW. And I had came with like three other people. I was like, yo, it's this party. You know what I'm saying? It's a baseball party. I was like, we got invited by the black boy on the baseball team. And we was like, we going to slide. And so we slid. And I remember getting in there. And I was like, I went to the kitchen. And then all of a sudden, I looked around. I said, is that Will? Is that Will Sean? <laughs> Dog, I cannot explain that feeling. All I know is niggas was like, yo, you up standing on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise mode on the yeah. couch. Like, didn't care. Mm, I not at all. We came into the kitchen. It was like black folks, black folks, black. Like oh. everybody was just like, we was in that small little kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was, it went from like, I'm trying to explain to the folks who are listening who maybe don't experience this. You came in to the house feeling like, dang, I ain't going to be here for long. We hit that kitchen. And I looked, I said, is that, is that Will? And you know Will ain't running by himself. So you know it's three, it's Tashaun. It's, it's everybody. And so it was like, okay, that's four, y'all. Wait, is Ken and Xavier here? Oh, it's two more, y'all. And it's not even just like that with um off-campus parties. It's like they were on-campus parties, too. Exactly. Like, once we get in there deep, then it actually gets fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like we got in that joint deep, we was in the kitchen, we was like, yo, like da, da. I was like, yo, 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 yo. What do you Right. So we get to go through the cabinets. Like, we ain't never gonna have this opportunity ever again in our lives. We get to go through cabinets and you know what I'm saying, people in, in the white people's fridge, and we like, yo, hold on, hold on. In a cup in an hour, in like 20 minutes, it's black history month. We was like, it's it's Bim. Cause Kim, yeah. Cameron I'm Washington right here. Coin, hold on. <laughs> Cameron Washington coined the term Bim. Cause I know y'all saying it now. And we was like, yo, it's Bim. I was like, yo, it's January 31st. It's about to be February 1st. Man, we finna turn up. I don't know how one of us got the ox. I got a video. I'm gonna post a video if I can find it. Will was on the couch. <laughs> Everybody was on the couch. We were like, and I'm telling you, them white people was like, what is going And so they have to vibe with it because mm-hmm. I'm in. It's <laughs> so let you say something to Will. Somebody gonna have to get touched. Let you say, like, we're deep to the point where it's like, I can't shut the, I can't get them out unless I shut the party down. But look, it was like, we were so deep that even if they wanted to say something to us, you had to switch swim through a crowd of black people to even get to us like literally we took over exactly (laughs) Exactly. and and to think about like moments like that it's like yo that's crazy but that is what i believe these spaces can look like at umw i i I wholeheartedly believe that but I, i i can't speak for all predominantly white institutions and and yeah but at umw and when when black Black folks come together and are willing to be like, hey, yeah, we may not be the same major. I may not, you know what I'm saying, totally like you when you're pants. But, yo, when I see you, it's love. Mm-hmm. Like, that type of tenacity to show up for one another, that changes an entire environment. An entire environment. Where it's like, hey, dog, I don't know you, but I remember that one baseball party we went, we had went to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's enough. Yep. That's enough. You know yep. what I'm saying? You don't got to prove nothing to me. You don't have to prove your blackness. You don't have to prove that you're down for the culture. That's enough. In the you moment know? that mattered the most, you showed up. Yeah. yeah. In the moment that mattered the most that you showed up, that's it. Um, 
So yeah, that that one was beautiful. That that left me with, with a warm piece. I still have videos from that. Yes. <laughs> so I have a question for you all, and then you know we can kind of you know let the listeners have their ears back. But what advice would you give to black men going into PWIs, like a predominantly white um, institution um, or college? Um, and then what advice would you give to black men at PWIs who may be considering switching out, right? Um, or maybe considering leaving like we've seen a lot of black men do. Okay, so first and foremost, I don't, you know, if you do decide to, you know, do, you know, do anything outside of Mary Washington, just go on a different endeavor. Um, you know, that that's you and everything, but really just be intentional about finding um people like you and like other black men in in the certain um on the campus just be intentional about it because um even if you do decide to leave like whether it's graduation whether you drop out whether you transfer whatever like you'll still have that connection at the end of the day um if you're if you're actively seeking it and finding it and then once you find it, just cherishing it, you know, that's what I would say. I would say you're not alone. Like, no matter how you're feeling in the moment, you're not alone. If you want to transfer, you're not alone. If you're feeling scared, you're not alone. Your feelings are valid. Like, the way you are feeling in that moment is valid. I would just say before you get to one, do your research. And if you know you're coming to a PWI, just be prepared for it. And like Cam said, then be intentional with finding people like you. Don't be scared to find people like you because if once you do, the time gets much better, and then that's when you can form a group that makes the change around the campus that you want to see. Um, the advice I would give is just be you. Like, um, whatever decision you make, you all like you want to transfer, or maybe you don't want to hang around these group of people, whatever. Just be you and don't be afraid to make your own decisions but like make sure you're 100 percent sure that's what you want to do because the regret would be the regret would be like a lot more than having mental and like we were talking about earlier like the mental health is a big problem so i would just like i would just say just to make sure that's what you want to do and if that's what you want to do then just do that but you should still try to connect with your people and still try to be cool with like you know with everybody but specifically like uh the people you're racing so so for, for black men that might be listening or considering PWIs, I mean, Will said it perfectly. I'd say do your research. But if you get there and, you know, you try to find your people, you try to do everything right, you don't owe this, them white spaces or these white institutions nothing. Will, Cam, Tyshawn, they don't owe UMW nothing. And all due respect, they don't owe the black community at UMW nothing either because we don't have to come into spaces just to survive. Um, and as black folks at predominantly white institutions, we have to have enough grace for those who are like, yo, I can't take this. Like, I'm not willing to die to my blackness by being here. I'm not willing to die to myself. I'm not willing to be here to suffer just to graduate, right? I do want a holistic experience. 
look up and research HBCUs, right? Um, get a head start on scholarships and stuff like that. That way you don't have to be limited to a predominantly white institution solely for money and be, you know, suffering the entire time. Um, but if you have no choice, because let's be clear, all black folks do not have the actual choice to choose an HBC or a PWI, right? And that's a socioeconomic status. That's where you live. That That's a whole bunch of uh, different variables that play a role in that. So if you especially don't have no choice, heed what was said, right? Find your people. And even if you don't find your people, um, find yourself and be true and honest to yourself. You don't have to be a certain type of black person and a black man to be seen and to be heard and to be loved. You should be embraced and you deserve to be embraced even outside of that. Just the fact that you're black should be enough. Just the fact that you're human should be enough. But in America, you know what I'm saying? And in the black community, especially after all that we've been through, just to be you is enough, right? Um, so I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let the guys say their parting words um, and and we're gonna close it out for Black Girl out of PWI. Fellas, is there anything y'all want to say to the listeners um, who might be tuning in to black men specifically, any, any wise words also shout out the work that y'all are doing, please. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Will, um, first of all, check out my album. <laughs> uh, if you knew me, you don't know me, Will Mo. Go on there. All platforms. And, all platforms. All platforms. I ain't. It's not just SoundCloud. Even now, all platforms. Exactly. Um, we also. I also am the president of Club Football and co-president uh, for the culture. Um, so if you're listening out there, you just want to become a part of a family, even if you don't even play football like that. This is for uh, black men and black women. You can come out there and just feel loved. Like the clubs that I do run. The main goal is just to help everyone feel loved in that moment. Hey, if you think you know me, you don't know me. Stream it all. Stream it now. All platforms. All platforms. All platforms. All platforms. All platforms. Stream it now. But, nah, in all seriousness, um, to add to what Breezy was saying um, at the end, uh, please, please do not let like your own mannerisms hold, like be a barrier to you interacting with other black people. Please. Because, like, it don't, it don't matter how, like, don't let, like, oh, like, the limitation of, oh, like, I'm too white for um, this crowd, I'm too black for this crowd. Don't, don't let that affect you. Like, all of us are cool, and you will find, you, you will find your group regardless. This is coming from three black men that are from the country. It is. I know it can seem hard because there is times when I walk around this campus in my Columbia hat or my Chesapeake waterfowl uh, hat, and I just know there's some black people on this campus that don't know me and be like, oh, he's one of those black people. Look, I'm just from where I'm from, and I embrace it, but I still love us blacks. Period. So please, and <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. They gonna hang me after this, I hope not. I <laughs> but no, just please be yourself. We, you you are loved. You are loved. Please don't hang me. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I produce. Um, I produced two of the songs on the album that Will was talking about. Um, no, we didn't. I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I would just say, don't take the credit from me. Um, <laughs> I got a YouTube channel, uh, Serotonin Sean. 
Um, and just to add on to what I was talking about earlier, just don't be afraid to be you. Because, like, like Cam was saying, like, you know what I'm saying, people can think, like, oh, yeah, I'm too white for this or, you know, I'm too black for this. But everybody has that, like, that weird side. Don't be scared because, like, Snapchat tell it all. Like, you think right. you think somebody, it's a black person that's all cool, whatever, and he's looking at their memories and they just tweaking. Like, it's like. Yeah. It, don't look at my memories. Like, it, you got colored people, like, you got people with different races, but they're still people at the end of the day. So mm. it's like, you got different personalities and stuff, but. Other than that, yeah, you can just if you just be you and be genuine with who you are, then you'll find your group for real. Exactly. Y'all are amazing. Um, can you all let the folks know where to find you on Instagram? Do y'all mind giving your Instagrams or okay? Uh, official Swagot O F F I C I A L S W A G G O D. Amen. East Forest Grove, I'm about to butcher this. Uh, E-A-S-T-F-O-R-E-S-T-G-R-O-V-E. Ah, I did it! <laughs> um, Cam Koopa 64, that's C-A-M-C-O-O-P-A 64. Period. I appreciate you all so much. Y'all don't know how much I love y'all. I try to tell y'all as much as I can every time so thank you all so much i know the listeners if they stayed around this long then they should be clapping and all that for you all and y'all should get some follow requests because ladies you know for the folks who are listening and who are single you know what i'm saying you might want to do a little stalking on an instagram because you know you just never you just never know how god you know what i'm saying can put people in in front of your face you know or or in your ear you know literally so make sure y'all follow them you know and support their work that they're doing as black men um for the listeners thank you all so much for listening you know black guy at a pwi is not just about black girls at a pwi as the experience being at a pwi and being a black person in general is a hell of a time right um so we hope that you feel seen that you feel heard and that you remember that you are also loved especially for the black girls at pwis but also of course for the black men at pwis so yeah now class is out but that don't mean you should be going ghost okay if you like today's discussion or want to keep it going follow us on instagram at black girl pwi and keep talking at talk also don't forget to check out our portal for scholarships, financial aid tips, mental health, and motivation some days. This is Breezy signing out. Take care of yourself and keep showing up, sis.